Welcome to episode 51 of the Book Wars Pod. I'm Kate and I'm here with Chris and Kristen and today we are going to be talking about chapters 29 through the end of Dark Disciple by Christy Golden. Um, which, uh, you know, only made, made me and Keek sob a little bit. Oh my god, so much crying. <laughs> I haven't cried this so hard. Much. I haven't cried this hard in a Star Wars book probably. I think I cried this hard during... Uh, what's the gin one? Rebel, Rebel Rising. Rising. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I just kept wanting to call it Rogue One, but I was like, it starts with an R. It's Jin is also one. in that, to be fair. It's the gin buck, I know. God damn <laughs> it. <laughs> At least I, like, got the right character. <laughs> it's, it's literally true. only about her. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, just so, so much sobbing. Oh, my God. I was just, um... I, I, I was just casually crying on the couch at, like, 3 in the morning when I was reading it. And Chris was, like, asleep, and he was, like, Ugh. none the wiser. And, like, I don't think I've cried this hard at a book in a really long time. So. Oh, yeah. and the, Thanks, Christy Golden. <laughs> and the Sienna What's-His-Fuck book. Lost Stars, yes. Lost Stars, yeah. I, I also cried a lot at that. I don't know if I cr- how much I cried at that one, but. Ugh. No, this one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just <laughs> so many feelings, man. Just. It's fine. It's the Star Wars author being feeling serious. It's totally yep. okay. Also, I'm sorry if I'm like vaguely lisping, but um, I'm getting Invisalign done because my teeth are really sticky outy, and I just got my first craisin today, so I don't. My mouth no longer knows what it is doing. She's doing great, everyone. Thanks. Tweet at Book Wars Pod to tell Kate how much you love her. <laughs> Speaking of loving Kate, Kate, what are you drinking? Uh, right now I'm drinking water because, as I said, I just got my fucking Invisalign trays in. And um, to drink or co- literally to consume anything besides water, I have to take the trays out, which is kind of a bit of a wrestling match right now because, again, I'm not used to them. So I'm just like with my like two my whole two hands like up in the back of my mouth, like trying to rip <laughs> the trays out. And so yeah, no, oh it's just water right now. <laughs> That's fair. What about you, Chris? I don't even have water, and I'm kind of sad about it. Oh my god! Do you have anything to drink? No. You won't. I, we do thirsty. this at this. We do this at the beginning of every podcast, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I we ask what you're drinking. Lord <laughs> Almighty, <sighs> Kristen. Well, I'll, I also podcast like right next to my fridge. Um, <laughs> I'm drinking a Cascadia <laughs> Cider Works United Dry Hard Apple Cider. That's the one that's six point nine, but I only have one can left, so. I don't know when I drank the other three. Probably when I shouldn't have. <laughs> After I already had a lot of IPAs. But it's delicious. This is what I was drinking on the uh, Legends of Luke Skywalker episode. So shout mm-hmm. out to that episode and being great and Nancy and Shannon. Yay. Yay. All right. Speaking of feelings. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, my first question, I, I just felt like I would get right to the point right away. And then we can get the crying out of the way up front um so here's here's a here's a here's a question that chris and chris and i have been like pondiferating <laughs> um now that i've read the book um did ventures get fridged and how, how do we want to define fridging all right for those people who don't know 
Yes. So fridging is when a female or otherwise marginalized, a character from an otherwise marginalized group um, is killed in a storyline to further the development of another character who is usually a man and usually a white man and usually a straight man. So, yeah. To be fair, Quinlan Voss is not white. Do you want to talk into the microphone, Chris? Sure he don't. Doesn't. It's his least favorite thing. <laughs> that, no, it's true. Quinlan Voss is not is not white, but I mean, Stila definitely Stila Guerrero definitely got fridge for Saw's character development. So you know we can we can debate that in circles all day. Yeah. If you want to hear more true. about that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what episode it was on because we've talked about that about fifty two times. So um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, if I remember to do it, we'll list the episodes where we talk about fridging. It's mostly wrap-ups, but yes. um, there's a good deal of it in Star Wars, there unfortunately. Sure. So There sure is. Chris, I know you already have an opinion about this, so why don't you? I don't... Well, I mean, I don't know that my opinion is important here. I know, but you you know, we can tell you if you're wrong. I mean, uh, you Way do to love go, to do that. <laughs> so offer yourself up on a silver platter, please. All right, I can do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll tee it up for you. I... <laughs> I didn't see it as Ventress getting fridged just because to me Ventress is very clearly the main character of this book and it is about her arc and it was just the end of her arc. Like to me, like Voss is the supporting character in this book. That's interesting because the way it's always been billed to me is that it's it's the both of them really. But I mean, I would, I would definitely say that it's, it's a pair. It's a, it's a, it's a buddy cop book. <laughs> Fuck. Um, no, it's not a buddy cop book, but it, it definitely focuses on the both of them together. But, and maybe this is just because we know more about Ventress than Quinlan Voss in the canon, because she was such a prominent character in Clone Wars. Also, nothing has happened to Quinlan Voss in his life ever until this entire book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has no story. Mm. Um, so, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's just the context that I came in with. But I saw this more as Ventress's book. Than Quinlan Voss's book. She definitely has a fuller, fuller journey, and you know, continuing from the very long journey she has in the Clone Wars cartoon, that's for sure. And we definitely get into her head a lot more, especially as we get toward the end of the book, where um, Voss um, is vacillating between the dark side and trying to trick himself into thinking that he's not actually dark anymore. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, the brilliant thing that Golden does is she never lets us get inside his head because that would ruin the effect. Yeah, exactly. Like of the of the is he or isn't he sort of thing. Yeah, but, but anyway. I but I do think that contributes to it being more of interest's story. Totally, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you both. Um, it's interesting because like whether or not this is in the formal definition of fridging, um, I kind of always like have an addendum on it that says like <laughs> at the absolute cost of cutting this person's narrative short. Mm. whereas here i think like i kind of agree with chris that this is this is ventress's character like she it's not like she got introduced in this book and then killed off at the end of this book right not that you know like it still could be fridging i don't know i know nothing but um i think she absolutely did like have a full narrative arc and i think that someone making the sacrifice that she made 
is the only way that Voss would have come back. So, like, in that way, yes, it's fridging. <laughs> sure. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, I don't think that there's anyone else who could have done that that would have had that effect on him. I I agree, and I do think that makes it problematic, because, like, just... It had the effect of, like, benefiting his arc, but... Like, I don't know, it's, it feels complicated. So, yes, exactly. So, a few things that, like, personally I wanted to note here. Um, I think Ventress's death is in the same vein as, say, Luke in The Last Jedi or Kanan um, in Jedi Knight in, in Rebels. Um, it's this, it's an ultimate act of sacrifice because, um, you know, much like um, Kanan and Luke, by the end of her, uh, her character journey, Ventress has... Um, you know, she's rena- she's not only renounced the dark side, she's given up revenge, she's given up all this hatred and anger that she has inside of her, and her final act is an act of love. And I think that's very in keeping with the Star Wars tradition and this idea that, um, you know, love and sacrifices born from love are what's going to save the day in the end. You know, that's that's the ultimate manifestation of the light side whether or not that's a good thing and whether or not Star Wars is beginning to rely on that trope too much is a thing we can debate for hours on end but um that and is we, what's I think what's going on here talk yeah. about it in the wrap up yeah. <laughs> just Probably. to be clear yeah um, yeah remind me to add I see I always do this because it's jogging my brain and I can't do it but um in the wrap up I want to talk about whether like Ventress is a better quote-unquote Jedi as we'd idealize Jedi than some of the other Jedi in this book. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. <laughs> Even though she fucking hates the Jedi. <laughs> I know. Stick that at the, in the notes at the bottom, man. Okay, hold on. You're yeah, I do, think, y'all. <laughs> I do think the point that this is such a common trope in Star Wars is a good one. Yeah. I, I, I think that that lends... I think it lends credence to the argument that it wasn't fridging because, like, essentially, like, she did what Darth Vader did. Sure. But, I mean, of course, the other side of that is we have so many, or rather, blah, 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 so few female characters in Star Wars who are this well-developed. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the only, um, right now, she's the only canon um, female Sith we've ever seen. And, and so the fact that we that she gets killed off like and the fact that there are so few characters like her that's that's what makes it problematic i don't yeah. think like in and of itself if you know in a perfect world um this universe were populated by a lot of amazing and three-dimensional and capable ladies like ventress um you know i don't i don't think i would bat an eye at this i would just be like oh of course this is infringing but Alas, we do not live in that perfect world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. Yeah, geeks. Nothing. I just I see both sides of this, uh, but at the same time, I'm like, I would consider it more fridging if she, like, if it was out of character to do what she did. Uh huh. And I don't think it was. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I mean, that's I like my only, that's like my only thought. It's like, you know, if I was trying to make the counterpoint, I'd be like, she had all of this other stuff to live for. Like this obviously cut her life short. And it was like, she made it very clear, like with the characters, like Golden made it clear in the characterization in the book that like, 
this is the one thing that she was like holding on to. Right. Totally. Yeah. Not that it doesn't make it fridging. Just that's. But I mean that that's that's the journey. That's her character journey. Totally. Yeah. Right. She 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 at at no point lost her agency. Yeah. I totally. Yeah. Ab- that is absolutely true. Even though she was like horribly grievously probably was gonna die anyway injured. Yeah. Um. Oh, like when she smashed her head against that bench. Oh. Uh, I think that was from last episode, but still. Yeah, it was during the... That was the, gross. Yeah, that first fight with Dooku. I was like, oh, God, ow. Oh, Jesus. No, we talked last... We talked in episode 50 about how good, like, Golden's writing of the fight scenes were. But, like, ugh, I, like... That, like, fucking grossed me out. And it takes a lot <laughs> to gross me out because I'm not squeamish. It was like, it's true. Ugh, just, like, head a force pressed against a concrete bench does not sound great. Yes. <laughs> And I know you're not squeamish because you talk to me every damn day about poop. So I do. That's a true statement. Um, <laughs> the, our, the 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 slack where me and Kate talk to each other is literally called hashtag poop room. So like Chris doesn't have to go in there and worry about whatever the fuck we're talking about. It's it's poop. We're talking about poop. It's always poop. Um, Almost always. <laughs> kind of though. Um, I just um, want to throw in an aside here. I don't know how much you want to discuss this, but um, I was talking to um, at Shannon Joy twenty six today, and she's read the book before, and um, she had read it uh, back when it came out originally, and was following Christy Golden on Twitter. And one of the things Golden says said was that she did not want to kill Ventress, um, but Lucasfilm was like. Uh, but that's the story and you gotta and she's like god damn it so she did so she did the thing in the most heart-wrenching way which is which is really the perfect revenge um but i do think it's interesting that she thought um Benchress was a character who's who she felt that her journey wasn't over yet and i could see it going both ways honestly like i think this is, was a good way for her character to exit star wars but also i see definitely why christy thought she could just keep rolling with it because she's like Ventress is such a cool, complex character that like she could have, she could, she's kind of like Hondo. She could really pop up anywhere. It's so true, and there's such a great response to. Well, then why wasn't she in the prequels? And it's like, well, why the fuck wasn't anyone in the prequels or in the prequels? Fuck off. I know. <laughs> yeah. Don't I... don't don't treat the prequels as <laughs> character canon. Please just let us live. <laughs> yeah, I I don't hate. That she died, like obviously I am heartbroken that she died because she's such a great character. You were so excited for her to so die. So excited, was cheering for it. Um, <laughs> but like I did feel like that it was a very natural arc. I loved. I mean, the final scene of this book is just masterful when they return her to the Night Sisters. Oh God, uh, so much ugly sobbing. <gasps> like how fucking dare you? And like, I don't know because I mean, if you look at the story. We know that Voss survives and goes back to the Jedi. Like, that's just something that we know. Sure. And I don't see room for Ventress in that story the way this story is written. Well, the, here, well, here's the... Here, well, I mean, here's the thing. Voss was going to leave the Jedi anyway. And we know that he's a suspected survivor of Order 66. We know that from the comics. So, either way, that could have worked out. I didn't yeah, know but that. we know That's that episode three, yeah. which takes place after this book, he is still a Jedi. Yeah. Hmm. So he could have fucked off later. I don't know. This is true. Or he does seem to have the fuck off gene. <laughs> Chris, this isn't Star Wars. There's no drama. 
crazy shit never happens. This is true. Can someone tell me what a shatter point is? Yeah, speaking of crazy shit. Okay. So, is this some rebels thing? No. no it's a It's a, it's like a legends house. thing. Oh god. So, oh my gosh. So, um I'm probably going to explain this poorly and some one of our Tashi Station pod parents are going is going to come and slap me on the head with a ruler, but um my understanding of what a shatter point is, it's a force ability that um I know specifically Mace Windu had it. And there was a novel called Shatterpoint um, having to do with him and Depo Balaba, um, again, in the Legends universe, um, where he is aware of and uses that ability. Um, but basically what it is, is that um, you're able to sense, or part of what it is, is that you're able to sense moments in time where, um, depending on the choices you make, you can see where all the paths di- like diverge. So at that point where in the book where Ventress um, feels the force all of a sudden and she is seeing um, every possible outcome of that moment where um, Duke was about to bust it in and um, she knows that if Voss kills him, um, he'll turn dark and everything is going to be lost or he can make a different choice. And she, her role in it, it basically is to help push him towards a certain choice um, in order to save other people's lives. Because if Voss goes bad, like, permanently, then everything goes to shit. So, it's not specifically named as a Shatterpoint, but I wanted to talk a little bit about that lore and whether we think this might be one of those moments. And if it is, like, how fucking cool is Ventress? <laughs> She's so cool. But what was it, Chris? I think it was her becoming so purely light that she was at one with the light side and could see the future. Hmm. That sounds so fake. <laughs> I don't know. Yoda does that shit. And he's like, I don't know if it's the future or not, but like they could die. <laughs> yeah. Like Yoda can see. Yeah. De- yeah. Yoda can see a, some, some of those possible futures. Definitely. Um, but I mean. I think it was. I think it was her. At the moment, at the height of her love for Voss and the one of the and like the final, essentially the final moment of her life, like the final choice that she was going to make, she just reached a moment of clarity where she intersected with the Force in such a way that it gave her this clarity. But she doesn't really intersect with the Force. The Force reaches out to her. Right. I think we could debate whether or not those things are different. Either way, it it amounts to the same thing, though, doesn't it? Oh yeah, totally. Okay. I just I I don't I don't think it was anything that she did did. Okay. Is my point. I don't think it's like a power that she had. I think it's just because like any point in time is a shatter point. Like because like, no, butterfly but like, effect and shit. No, I know, but like they specifically talk about momentous moments. Right. Like um, I'm trying to think of an example. It's. Oh, when, um, you know, Windu goes to fa- face down Palpatine. Yeah, and Anakin's choice to, uh, like, side with Windu or Palpatine, yeah. Yeah, like... No, totally. He saw that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, no, oh, Wikip- I... Wikipedia has a nice, succinct... Shatterpoint was a force ability that can be used to sense the significance of an event. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, like, I don't think... 
Like, the shatter point is not the moment. The shatter point is the ability to mm. get the moment. Like I said, I was going to say this really fucking wrong. Yeah. Because I no, don't. no, no, you're fine. But I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I don't think that this, that this was something that Ventress did because of an ability. I think it's just something that, like, like, it was her come to Jesus moment. Like, like, so basically she was, she was like, in these last moments, like, one used to do a good deed and the force was like, boop, and there it was. Yeah. That's so stupid. That was how I interpreted it. Chris, you want to talk about the nature of the dark side? Because I like, don't <laughs> talk about the stupid ass topic. <laughs> Are you are you just over shatter points now? Yeah, I'm, to- the, I'm totally over it. The force does a lot of stupid shit. I mean, that's a fact. I'm not going to bring the cane thing up. What? Nothing. What did you? What? What did you just say to me? <laughs> we can we can cut this out. Tell me. I said I'm not going to bring the cane thing up. <laughs> what? Where he could see in the last moment of his oh life, my- Kate, because of the force. I try not to think about that as much as possible I know. because <laughs> Jedi That's why I Knight, said it wasn't going to bring it up, but you made me bring it up because Jedi Knight never happened, and when I refuse to accept it as canon. Yes, he and Hera are off somewhere, living happily in a field of flowers, making lots of hybrid babies. Jason and Bros. <laughs> I really wanted to sing Final Countdown, but you guys were having like a really intense argument, so. <laughs> I didn't. I know. I was like, was it the final countdown, Chris? But I was like, I can't interrupt them. Yep. I mean, I wanted to play the drum part right on the mic. <laughs> anyway, Chris. Um, one, one last point. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, one last point um, that is where I get my vision of what happened with Ventress is no, Chris. if you read the Revenge of the Sith novelization, which novelizations are particularly prequel novelizations and like basically anything pre- Honestly, anything cool. pre-Last Jedi novelizations are very sketchy in terms of their they're level like, of canon. I was about to say, they're like canon adjacent, right? Yeah, they're canon adjacent. Okay. Exactly. They're canon insofar that they don't uh, contradict anything else in the canon. <laughs> uh, it's like actually a thing that Pablo has said. Um, just because sounds, of like... Sounds like from a certain point of view, eh? Yeah, just because of like logistical difficulties in writing them and... Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. but anyway, point is, there is a moment in the Revenge of the Sith novelization where it's when Obi-Wan and Anakin are on the bridge of Grievous's uh, Dreadnought, and they're, like, confronting him. And, like, Grievous has their lightsabers and is, like, I don't know, some... some Grievous cyborg equivalent of like I have you now blah 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 and then <laughs> I think he like, literally says that <laughs> and, and Obi-Wan is like I don't think so and like fucking force pushes the shit out of him so the way that it's described in the book is that at that moment Obi-Wan is just so in tune with the force and feels like he is at the height of his powers and like can literally do anything and like that is how he's able to like get the jump on Grievous because he's like that in tune with the force and that is that's how i'm seeing ventress at this moment okay mm. having that context is very helpful also did obi-wan feel like that while he was boning satine or um... probably okay great <laughs> <laughs> uh kate are you gonna write a fic about that or uh have you already written a fic about no, that <laughs> no no and no because there's there's actually a lot of good obi-teen fic out there but i'm sure there is right you... about how it's the shatter point oh my god i'm gonna 
I don't understand why the Shatterpoint is still. It doesn't matter. Chris, eat my ass. You just, just want to keep saying Shatterpoint. Shatterpoint's just going to become a euphemism at this point. <laughs> Ugh, for what? Uh, ew, that doesn't sound good. It's fine. Sounds like you broke your dick. Oh, ew. Stop. <laughs> the dark Voss side, Chris. Was, Voss was lying to himself. What is it that's like in the outline? <laughs> So, oh, I wanted to talk about the nature of the dark side because we learn a lot about what the dark side... Yeah, we're just going to move. We're just going to move. We learn a lot about the dark side in the whole book, but particularly in this last third of the book. And basically the, the basis of what we learn is that, like, the whole question, is Voss light or is he dark? And, like, how is he dark if they can't sense him? Is because he was lying to himself... And thinking that he was good. When actually, he was just so far gone that he didn't even know himself anymore. Which is so Anakin, when you think about it. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Hell yeah. All right, go on. But, Keeks, I know you don't necessarily buy that. Well, do you, she, guys, be- do you guys believe that? She's got, do we buy this, all caps, three question marks. <laughs> uh, I do believe it. I mean, <laughs> that's that's how I write everything that I've ever written in the outline, though. <laughs> <laughs> quote did we even have outlines then end quote yep Damn it. um i don't like i'm just honestly this book has more information about how the dark side works than anything else i have seen in canon that i'm inclined, oh, absolutely that i'm inclined to just take things at face value <laughs> i would agree with that um i mean i think that's the most plausible argument i mean Mm. i think what's that thing called in science where it's like the simplest solution occam's razor thank you i know it has (laughs) i don't even remember the names of things i should know yeah i think so right kate's kate giving me a look that makes me think makes me question myself i'm thinking really hard this is my thinking face i'm gonna gonna google this all right anyway i'm pretty sure it's occam's razor no i'm gonna google you're gonna keep talking Uh, So I think it is that, though. I think that's right. Okay. But I I think, like, that's the simplest solution, right? Um, But also, like, that shit is never true in Star Wars for most of the time. Um, (laughs) So it's usually not the simplest thing. Uh, It's usually the most fucked up weird thing. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, I mean, Dave Filoni certainly doesn't believe in making anything simple. All right. Sure. All right. According to goddamn Wikipedia... Occam's razor is the problem-solving principle that, when presented with a com- competing hypothetical, I can't even read. Com- presented with competing hypothetical answers to a problem, one should select the answer that makes the fewest assumptions. So yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think that's right. I yeah. said it uh, in a way that makes it sound stupid, but no, yeah, no, 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 Keeks, you said it the same way I <laughs> have heard it in the past, which is the okay. simplest answer is the right one. Okay. Essentially. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and I think I guess that's like another way of saying that. Science. Science. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I, I was just going to kind of like punctuate that point that... I mean, like, when I was reading it, I totally bought it. But like, I also... That's how I am about every book. I take every book at like face value at first until we get on this podcast and talk about it. And you guys are always like, but what about all this deep shit? And I'm like, well... <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think. I just liked. I I believed the character. I don't believe in <laughs> narrators that are lying, even though that's all books. Um, <laughs> but 
I don't know. Like, I... It's very confusing that he could have been dark side while being imprisoned and not known, I think. Yeah. I think it... I think where it gets complicated, definitely, Keeks, is where, um, you know, he 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 and um, Anakin and Obi Wan secretly are following him as he tries to finally actually take out Dooku, and um, you know, he says he's going over to Dooku's side, and we find out later that you know his plan in his head was that he was gonna pretend to ally with Dooku so that Dooku would lead him to Sidious and he just murder both of them. But at a certain point, like, I feel, I feel like some part of him had to have been like, eh, this, this sounds like a pretty good deal, honestly, this whole take out Sidious and then, you know, rule the galaxy with Dooku business. Like, not that he trusts him or anything, but, you know, it, like, being able to, like, ascend to the Highest level, and then take out two Sith Lords, and then what? Tell the Jedi that shit was good? Like, it would be a lot more fun to take their place. I agree with that, and so here's here's my thinking. So, like, we always hear about how, you know, the dark side is treacherous, and, like, the dark side is tempting. But we don't really, like, see that in the past, right? Because, like, we see Anakin... And we don't really see the dark side, like, being treacherous. We just see him making stupid decisions. That's because the script. I mean, yeah, it's because the prequels. Accepted. But, like... Yeah, sure, okay. My point My point being, like, we've never seen the process of going dark in the same way that we've seen it in Quinlan Voss's head like sure. this. yeah. And to me, it's... The dark side is this internalization that... There was no point when he could have accepted a happy life with Ventress and he always needed more. And like, I think back to like the very poorly acted scene in Revenge of the Sith where Anakin's like, I want more. Um, God, (laughs) Christ. Dead or with your mouth closed. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But like, this is, this is the treachery that the Jedi warn of. Like, you will never have everything you want because you will always want more. And to me, that is shown here with Voss because it's not just that you flip a switch and become dark immediately it's that the dark creeps in and you want more and you want more and you want more and suddenly what you thought you wanted to be happy isn't good enough anymore and the only way to get it is to go evil and like because with Anakin he didn't flip a switch and become dark he had moments where he was still really good, like where he was fighting Grievous at the beginning of the movie, where he's just hanging out with Obi-Wan and like they're like chatting and having like friends. Like nobody sensed dark in him at those moments, but it was creeping in that, you know, he wants to be with Padme. He wants, you know, the power to save Padme. He wants the power to rule over the galaxy. Like it just creeps in. And so like that to me is what we learned about the dark side, the actual implementation of how is how is the treachery of the dark side manifested? Jesus Christ, this is like how Catholics explain how sin works. <laughs> like, honest to God. Yeah, yeah, this no, is, I think that's right. This is why I quit we're, doing that shit. <laughs> is, were you done with your point, Chris? I was. Okay, because I, 
uh, oh my god i'm gonna disagree with someone for once hell yeah um, go get it <laughs> girl and it's not like a huge disagreement i'm not gonna like shit all over everything chris said because it's not in my nature i mean it's fine we're just not gonna be friends anymore Oh I know. Oh my god. god. <laughs> Fuck you. Chris puts, Chris puts Kristen up for adoption. I, <laughs> I'm going to fly with my own wings. Um, <laughs> so I think more of Anakin going to the dark side is so much more fueled by desperation that like equal mm, how to how to say um i don't think anakin we should compare anakin and quinlan because quinlan's i mean as we brought up last episode it part of why quinlan falls so hard into the dark side is because he's trying to do so while he's like feeling all these intense emotions um whereas i think anakin turns to the dark side out of desperation I think, like, it's not like, I don't think Quinlan has, like, that same, I have to control everything. I mean, I think he has some of that, which is, like, why he wants to be with Ventress and also, like, won't tell her shit, like, during this whole last third of the book, (laughs) right? I think we see parts of that, but I think it manifests a lot differently in Anakin, where, like, he just comes because he thinks he's at the end of his rope. Like, I don't think... Quinlan has that because he grew up in the temple and doesn't have like that kind of background I don't think he ever feels like he's at the end of his rope which is why I think the like the dark side creeping in manifests totally differently I think Anakin's was much closer to flipping a switch one because he's younger and two because this uh, this thing is going on (laughs) with with Padme and babies (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um and this just like intense desire to keep her alive at, like at any cost whereas like i don't think quinlan's like i'm willing to do anything to rule the galaxy like i don't think i, I don't just i don't get that that's his motivation interesting i would agree with that i don't really have anything to add <laughs> yeah i think i think it's i don't i think it's a good point i don't know that i I, th- I think I agree with it, but don't fully agree with it. Like, I think it's a little of both. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like, I think, I mean, we can see it in Anakin, right? Like, well, then they should oh, be absolutely. made to. Like, <laughs> obviously, oh he has some, like, God. other shit going on. <laughs> so I think in that way, yes, Chris, I totally agree with you. And, like, it's both of those things for both of them. But it's, like, I don't see those moments in Quinlan, which, like, makes me absolutely differentiate like how they came to the dark side and their relationship with the dark side Mm -hmm. i think i think the only moment i can think of where quidlin has any sort of moment um analogous to anakin's is when he's thinking about wait why are we why are we assassinating people this is not what the jedi should be doing i think i think really his like wanting to control things if if he even goes that far is wanting to like wanting the jedi to like get back to the roots and stop like fucking around with this like military shit but that's about it interesting yeah fascinating this is this is all this is all like clearly there's so much more to dig into here well yeah, yeah so you want to talk about boss and anakin tomorrow? yeah so this is this is a good jumping <laughs> off point into talking more about the compare and contrast between boss and anakin and i said at the beginning of this book that we were going to do this a lot 
because they are the two characters, two and a half if you count Ventress, <laughs> who have who love has brought them back from the dark side. And like they are fairly unique in that regard. Like we don't have a lot of in the canon examples of that happening. When the dark takes you, it takes you for good. Mm-hmm. There for as much as we talk about redemption in Star Wars, there isn't a ton of it for Sith Lords. For Sith Lords, no. <laughs> yeah. Um so Obviously, they have that in common, but I think I, I feel like there's a difference between them because to me, I didn't see that. Like, obviously, Vader gets redeemed, like that is beyond question. Well, he did kill younglings, etc. I'm not saying he's forgiven, but I'm saying he's redeemed. No, I know. I'm just saying, give me you shit. Go on. Um, God, I don't know that Voss gets redeemed. What are your What are y'all's thoughts on this? Are you saying Voss doesn't get redeemed because he has nothing to be redeemed from necessarily? No, I say he doesn't get redeemed because what the fuck did he do? Like, what did he do to redeem himself? Oh. Oh. I was going to say, didn't you just say the same thing as Kane? <laughs> nope. You mean, what did he do to redeem himself, not what did he do to redeem himself from? Got yeah. It. No, like, he did He did bad things. I'm not convinced I see the sacrifices that he made as worthy of redemption. But we also don't know what he was doing in those moments where he was, quote unquote, being habilitated by Yoda. Rehabilitated. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is an answerable question. <laughs> there is not enough information to solve this problem. I picked D. <laughs> fair. Yeah, Very well, fair. And I'm like, we don't know enough about Quinlan, what he does later. I don't know that he's completely redeemed or like... I think he's on the path to redemption. That's what he says, too, when he's yeah. laying Ventress to rest. Yeah, he's like, mm-hmm. I can never repay you. I will spend the rest of my life doing that. <laughs> Just like that. He sung it. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the caves with Obi right nearby, like, yeah. tr- pretending not to listen. Yeah, and it echoed yeah. beautifully and acoustically <laughs> off, the, was... off the cave. Yeah, it was kind of a weird <laughs> Can I just say how fucking funny that was? <laughs> That Obi was like, you know, I have to watch you. And he's like, I fucking know. Just go over there. <laughs> no. Don't listen to me. Please pretend like you're not listening to me. I know. And then Obi-Wan running back with his lightsaber. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> oh, God. It was so, like, it was so Clone Wars prequels. So I loved extra. it so much. I loved it so much. So extra. <laughs> um. Anyway, sorry. I derailed the conversation again. Um... But yeah, I don't, yeah, there, there's a lot of information we're missing, like, like, he said, we don't, like, at some point, he regained enough trust that he was able to go out in the field again and command soldiers. Yes. So what did he, so what he did between, um, you know, burying Ventress and that moment, that, that that's like a whole, like, six Six eight months, something like that. Like, Sorry, I should I should clarify what I mean because I think we're I think we're having different discussions. Okay, I love clarity. Uh, <laughs> Keeks, what time are we recording? <laughs> Fuck you, o'clock. Um, nice. So when I say redeemed, I mean in the sense of like basically his soul. Like I mean morally redeemed. I don't mean like earns back trust. I don't mean rehabilitated. I mean like in the sense of like. Darth Vader in that single moment But of, that's what I'm saying. We mm-hmm. don't know what Yoda 
did to him to make him cleanse his fucking soul and shit. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah, like, because I presume that he made him do tasks. Like, yeah, because he ha- had to hang out with Yodi for a bunch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I'm not, like, yeah. it, whatever the fucking Jedi equivalent of detention is, is what he was in. Okay. So, I, uh, in that case, I agree with you and I will revise my point. I don't think that Voss gets redeemed in this book. Yeah, I mean, I. He's I I mean I would I would agree with that. Okay. Oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna split the difference here and say that I agree with both <gasps> you and Keeks. Yes, Kate eat my acid or is is being conciliatory. Um, she's saying Bofa. I am saying Bofa. Um, I th- I I do I because I agree with Keeks. I have to agree with you because. <laughs> I do think that he's on like like he's a Sventress, like I'm on I'm on the path now because of you. Um like he's getting somewhere. But the fact is that he's getting somewhere, he's not there mm-hmm. yet. Sure. Fair. Cool. Cool. Good job, uh. So that's kinda like the compare and contrast between Voss and Anakin, except just like Anakin, my dude. Maybe you should have gone to get coffee with Voss at some point. <laughs> like, just be like, hey, you had this weird thing where you were in love and fell to the dark side. Do you want to, like, tell me what that felt like? Just, you know, asking for a friend. Yeah, like, can you just keep reading and read what I wrote on the outline after you said that? Yes, no, I'll, I'm going to read the outline verbatim. So I started with, it feels like, all caps, maybe Anakin should have gone to get coffee and chat with Voss about the dark side or something. And then Keeks replied, OMFG Anakin with the but we're different, we're in love, what could go wrong? Ten exclamation points. <laughs> just nothing. Just like the darkest Sith Lord I, apprentice. This, here, this, is, this is the goddamn thing about Anakin is that like he had two perfectly good people that he could have gone to to talk about what it's like to balance, you know, being a Jedi and having attachments. He's got Obi-Wan, who was macking on Satine for like fucking 20 years. And now he has Voss. Like, what the damn hell was that kid doing? Yeah, he's talking to the wrong person. He's talking to Palpatine instead. That man doesn't look like <sighs> he's gotten laid ever. <laughs> he's pretty wrinkly. Oh, God, stop. <laughs> Not tap that. Don't talk about him. <laughs> he's we- so fucking gross. Can we talk about Ventress and Ahsoka? Yeah, sure. All right. Um, so this is the... For for reasons that everyone is shocked about, this is the compare and contrast that I was most excited for. Um, it and it's it's a it's um what the fuck is the word? Whatever. It's it's this um interesting relationship that's that um the cartoon itself begins to explore. So. Um, during the wrong Jedi arc at the end of season five, you may recall, um, Ahsoka's on the run because she's been falsely accused of bombing the Jedi temple. And during her, um, wandering in the Coruscant underworld where she's, you know, trying to remain anonymous so that the fucking Jedi cops don't get her, um, she runs into Ventress and, um, they have this conversation where, um, Ventress is kind of taunting her, like... Like as even as they're working together, saying that um, Ahsoka's been 
abandoned by her order and her master the same way that Ventress was abandoned by Dooku. And when you get down to it, both of these women left the um, the lives that they've been trained under, that they've been training under for years and years and years, and they struck out on their own, and they created for themselves um, a life that was a life that was really their own. And it's just, and it's interesting how the like shades of gray that we've been talking about in terms of force users really creep into their lives. So. Ahsoka obviously is a light side user who is unaffiliated, um, whereas Ventress is a dark side user who is unaffiliated and a bounty hunter. Um, so they really have a lot in common for all that, um, you know, their personalities are super different, and they both have two lightsabers, so, you know, there's there's that sort of superficial thing. And they're badass capable ladies. But... Was anybody else surprised that when... Sorry, this is not related, but also related because you're talking about <laughs> lightsabers. Um, was anybody else surprised? I thought, like, Quinlan would have gotten... Uh, um, whatever her name is. Ventress's... Uh, God, fuck my brain. Wow. Ventress's, <laughs> Ventress's, like, dual lightsabers back from the crazy cabinet. That would have been fun. Wait, where... I know, I was what like... What happened to her lightsabers, though? I'm trying to remember. I assumed I assumed Dooku has them. Did she use them? She had them on. She had them at. She didn't have. She didn't have them in this book, right? I'm seeing if this is on Wikipedia. No, she had a. She had she one had, yellow. She had one. one yellow lightsaber that she said she got from the black market. Right. Yes. And not her lightsabers. I assume Dooku has her lightsabers. I assumed that. I'm trying to remember when she lost. Didn't he them like because... remark upon the like weird hilt of them? Uh, no, Dooku's lightsaber has always been weird. Yeah, Dooku's always had a no. weird hilt, but... I meant the dual hilts, like, the two hilts of hers. I thought he, like, saw them and was explaining it, but... He might have been... full of shit. I don't... <laughs> See, I'm trying to remember when she lost them, because I know she had them when she and the other Night Sisters tried to assassinate Dooku during the Clone Wars, but I don't remember if she lost right. them then. Barriss stole them. Oh, she did! Oh my god. Oh my god, Fucking Barris! Shout out, shout out to Wikipedia. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, I love it when none of us know the answer to something. It's one of my favorite things, because you guys know everything. No, I remember this now. It's, it, again, during the Wrong Jedi arc, she, yes, Barris did steal them. She 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 took them, and she, those were the lightsabers she was using to duel Anakin when he caught her out. Yep, exactly. Fuck, y'all. Yeah. Okay, anyway, that was a non-point because I misremembered something, but uh, it doesn't matter. Um, oh, we read the Ahsoka book. We sure did. We should call that out. What is that called? Ahsoka. Great. That's an easy one. I knew that. I was just making sure you guys are paying attention. Um, you can go back to those if you want to listen. Or actually, just if you haven't read that yet, please read it. And you'll be like, holy shit, there's so much in common between Ventress and Ahsoka. Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Yes. Yeah, there really, there really is. Especially at like the beginning of the book. I mean, I just, I did, I did my ramble of things, so you guys can say more about this. Yeah, I mean, no, I think. I... No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Keeks. Oh no, I didn't. I was just literally going to say. I think Kate covered it. <laughs> I think that there. I mean, had it, had had they decided to go the full like mirror image route i think they're they they definitely could have like 
done their arcs so that they were even more mirror images of each other. But no, I think that they were very similar. And it's interesting that they both kind of ended up in the same place in terms of with the Force. They both ended up tending toward the light side. Yeah, except, you know, Ahsoka got yoinked out of a fucking Force fucking doorway and is still alive and Ventress is super dead still, but you know, whatever. Ventress is indeed super dead. Um, One of the things I really wanted out of the cartoon was more between the two of them because they... Like, even before Ventress left Dooku, her and Ahsoka, every time they, they battled, they had such interesting interactions. And it's so, so rare in Star Wars to get two female Force users in the, like, same room. And, you know, no matter what side they're on, you know, just have them interact. and <sighs> Yeah, it's so funny how Star Wars, I, like, they do they do like token ladies a lot of the time oh, and God, it's really yeah. fucking annoying it's so fucking like annoying. even even in like i shouldn't say the the animated series is inconsequential but like i'm thinking back to like the very beginning of the clone wars chronologically let me be clear chronologically not the beginning of the series um where where uh the domino squad is like training and uh the Togruta jedi Shop is tea. like with Thank you. I don't know any of their names. You know this. At least I fucking remembered what species she is. Proud of you. Um, <laughs> Shot T, the worst Jedi. Oh my god! How fucking rude can you possibly get, Chris? Chris, this is just an inside joke between me and Kate. I'm, I don't I, care. I'm, I'm mad. I'm always mad because it's just garbage. <laughs> Chris is always mad about fill in the blank. <laughs> no offense, Kate. Kate's always mad. Period. I mean, the world makes every angries um yes but i'm like why why were there like two like mild dude aliens and then her like why why can't there be more okay great and why was no reason why was one of them a brain i don't know what chris can you look up what that uh species is because that's really super interesting oh the brain the brain Brain, yeah brain head people oh if if somebody tells me what they're called Listeners, the people with the brain heads, what are they called? Thank oh, you. I think you could probably just like Google that. Brainhead Alien Star Wars. Brainhead Alien Star Wars. No, because then it's going to give you some <laughs> weird legend shit. I guarantee you some shit like that. It's going to give you some weird It's going to give me fucking porn. Waru. It's going to give you some weird <laughs> porn. Um, all right. Just some final points for this episode. Um, how do we see Ventress's journey um, and her, like, talk generally about her character arc um both within the clone wars cartoon and within this book and then um you know zooming way out as a whole there's so much like night sister stuff that is so important to i know and it's her arc yeah and i liked how this book uh crammed in a lot of the cultural stuff that you know there just wasn't room for in the cartoon yeah well, and I really, I really like how it didn't feel like a deviation from the last time we had seen Ventress. Mm-hmm. I was like, this feels like exactly where she she would be, and I think the characterization was super, super consistent, even though it was like an animated series versus a book. Totally, definitely. Which is fucking great. I mean, that's just like Ventress's arc as a reader slash consumer of Star Wars media. Um, but, I mean, I thought it was, like, a super coherent arc. I mean, we talked about that a lot at the top, about, you know, whether or not 
the arc being complete means she was or wasn't fridged. Right. <laughs> Whereas, like, me and Chris think that the arc was pretty complete. I don't know, Kate, did you feel like the arc was complete? Because I don't really think you'd address that much. I think so. Um, I think one of the cool things, just looking at her character journey as a whole from the cartoon to the through the end of this book, is that, um, you know, when we first meet her, she is a servant of the Sith, and she's kind of sublimated all of herself into that and we don't really get a whole lot of her backstory until she leaves dooku and she goes back to the night sisters and really reclaims her heritage um and that's like the first piece of her you know taking back her life and then of course she loses the night sisters and she's a little bit lost again and we literally see her in the cartoon wandering around and she you know bangs into some bounty hunters and she's kind of like oh yeah i could do that um but we see her in this book um eve even more than that, um, you know, Voss says at the end, and we, we hear it from Vectress's mouth herself, that she's finally let go of her vendetta against Dooku. And this is the first time in her life, I think, where something horrible has happened to her. And she's been able to say, you know what, I don't need this controlling my life anymore. Um, and it's really her just reclaiming herself as a person. And, you know, she's she knows who she is now. Like, she's she's a Force user, she's a Night Sister, and she is herself. And I think that's really fucking cool. Yes. <laughs> no, I agree. Well, I really don't have much to add. Yeah, let me add just, like, one tiny little caveat. Is I loved kind of the in-between, not a caveat, because that would say that I disagree with you um one little other uh part of her story that we talked about but I think you just kind of glossed over um is when she first goes back to the night sisters and tries to um create uh Savage oh god and that shit and like I yeah it's fucking first of all it's fucking crazy second of all I think it's a really interesting fucked in between that like is a big part of who she is and who she becomes because of all the shit she had to go through with that really interesting arc really fucked up why is this a children's cartoon.com i know like it's it's i mean it's it's kind of like you know people talk about that cycle of people who experience abuse and how they you know go on to inflict it on others in the future that's what that is it's horrifying so fucking wild just a children's cartoon y7 casual (laughs) Um, yeah, so, (laughs) yay, happy things. Um, and then the last thing that I want to talk about is just, you know, this is going to be real quick because, again, we don't know a whole bunch about Voss, but his, his whole character journey, his introduction in the Clone Wars, and then, you know, he's in that one arc again with Zero the Hut, but then, you know, how it carries through to this book and where he's at at the end of it. I mean, I... I want to. I, I want to know more about him. He's someone that I really would love to know more about, because I don't. We don't know his story, or he doesn't have a story by his own right. admission. But like, we. I don't know, because we don't get the. We don't have the frame of reference, of, his, you know what a great person he is to really have as large an effect of him going full circle and starting this paragon of good and going to this pit of evil and then coming back. Like we don't, we, we basically have to take the story's word for it that he's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, most of what we get from him in the cartoon is him annoying the living crap out of Obi-Wan, which, like, anyone can do that. True. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know, Anakin, he's so good. Like, him and Anakin are just un- unparalleled. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent point. <laughs> yeah, anyway, neither of them the, heard all- of getting a goddamn <laughs> cup of calf. I know, right? Uh, they could have met at that bar. There's that bar on 1313 1313 is the level. Yeah, there is. man. Woo! Dexter's Diner. Oh Duh. You remember 1313, I... but not Ahsoka. God fucking. <laughs> Listen, dog. Listen, just go to I Dexter's... work with numbers all day. Oh my God. It was just like two years ago that I forgot like all the um, account numbers that I used to know from when I was a broker. Oh my So. <laughs> God. Our brains do different things. I... It's fine. I know nothing about words. You know this. I always forget you did that for your job. Wow, I don't even know what the fuck I was going to say. Well, fuck this point. I guess we're done. Chris? (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us as we talked about Chapter 29 through the end of Dark Disciple by Christy Golden. Uh, Next episode, we're going to be wrapping up Dark Disciple. Uh... And we are going to be talking about uh, Kindred Spirits, which is a story about Ventress that takes place before the events of Dark Disciple. Also written by Christy Golden. Um, If you have the paperback edition of the book, it's in the back. I don't know if it's online, but we can do a Google and figure it out for you. It was originally in Star Wars Insider, so I... It yeah. may not be online, but we'll... I, I can ask Dr. Google. You sure can. You sure can. Yeah. It's in the Kindle version, too. Oh, cool. Because I got confused and thought the book wasn't over. And it was. <laughs> no, Ventress still everyone was, super dead. Everyone was super dead. <laughs> yup. <laughs> um, so that's next week. Uh, after that, just to give you some time to get the book, we are going to be starting Catalyst by James Lucino. I'm so excited. It's... He's right. It's funny to read Christy and him back to back because they have very different writing styles. I like it. I'm excited. Um, so, in the meantime, hit us up. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Book Wars Pod on all those platforms. Bookwarspod at gmail.com if you need it, real baby bird. Rate, review, and subscribe <laughs> to both this show and to the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. Uh, it's the best way for other people to discover the show and help us grow our audience if you rate and review the show. Uh, and if you have the means and are so inclined, please donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon and the Book Wars Pod Coffee. Uh, they really help us cover our hosting and production po- costs for the show. That is it for this week. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. For Kate and Kristen, thank you so much for listening to the Book Wars Pod. I'm Chris, and we will talk to you next week. Eat my butthole. Hang on. All right, butthole. Uh, pray for real baby bird because the Caps made it to the Stanley Cup. Did they? <laughs> she loves I saw them that they were so winning. much. <laughs> I saw that they were winning. Oh my god. Oh, it's like what she cares about the most. Yeah, no, <laughs> besides. That, no, that's it. Number one. I mean, I, I, I've been thinking of her because we've been watching the games um, just for, for for to have something to do because we don't give a flying fuck about hockey. But like those those games where they just like rolled over and let the, the lightning win. I, I was just like, is Miranda alive? Like, you know? I know. That's literally what I text her. Hey, are you alive? And she's like, yes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> this precious child. 